Greetings, Blind Faith Podcast listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Blind Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Craig C. Edgley Jr., and the title of today's episode is The Bones Tell the Story. The Bones Tell the Story. So our scripture is going to come from Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, beginning at the very fourth verse and concluding at the sixth verse. Again, that's Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, beginning at the fourth verse and concluding at the sixth verse. And it reads, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Again, our title is, These Bones Tell a Story. And so when we look at the human existence through the lens of Adam and through the perspective of Adam, we see that man has a primary focus on its flesh, right? Uh, when Adam was in the Garden of Eden, uh, his his primary focus when he ate the apple was number one to please his flesh internally, right? Because the apple tasted good, he wanted to please his internal flesh. But then he also wanted to please the uh, Eve, right? Because Eve was the initially was the one who wanted him to eat the apple, and so. When we look at our human existence through our flesh, our primary focus is to please those who are in a horizontal relationship with us and to please ourselves, right? So things that are in a horizontal relationship with us are those people around us, those things that are around us, those things that we can touch, those things that we can see, those things that we can feel and smell, they're, they're horizontal to us. They live in within the same realm as, as us. And so when we begin to gratify the flesh, when we begin to gratify our own fleshly desires, we're not concerned with the vertical relationship that we have with God, but rather we're concerned with our internal relationship with ourselves and our relationship with those who are around us. And so we've taken our focus 
off of God and placed our focus on things that appease the flesh. This is what we do when we look at our human existence through the lens of the Adam perspective or the human perspective or the fleshly perspective. But there is another perspective that is contrary to this fleshly perspective. And that is the spiritual perspective. When we look at our human existence through the spiritual perspective, then essentially we take our mind off of things that are concerned with appeasing our flesh and we're more focused on the eternal destination of our spirit. Remember, our human existence is created up of mind, flesh, and spirit. And, and, and we have to decide whether or not our mind is gonna give priority to the flesh, to our flesh, or if our mind is gonna give priority to the spirit. But that's a choice that has to be made. When we prioritize the spirit, we no longer are concerned with the things of the flesh. The things of the flesh will always be there. Clothes, sex, money, relationship with others, uh, food. Those things will always be there. They'll always exist. But our priority does not go to the things that we need to satisfy the flesh when we have a mind that is determined to prioritize our spirit. And so you see people uh, in, in biblical antiquity and you see even uh, devote Christians of today who will go on fast. They, they fast uh, uh, foods, they fast um, uh, liquids, they fast beverages, they fast certain things because the idea is that if I can starve the flesh and I can, push myself into prayer and push myself into to reading the scripture and push myself into singing songs of praise and push myself into things that feed my spirit. Then over time, the more I starve the flesh and feed the spirit, then the flesh will begin to die or be deprioritized in my life and the spirit will gain emphasis and my mind will be prioritizing my spiritual eternity over my temporal fleshly existence. And so the flesh is governed under the law of sin, but the spirit is governed under the law of grace. The spirit is governed under the law of Christ Jesus. And so if we live a human existence that is devoted to and focused on pleasing the flesh, we have accepted that we are under the law of sin and the wages of sin is death. But when we begin to set our mind on a spiritual existence, an existence beyond what we can touch, an existence beyond what we can see, an existence beyond what we can hear with our physical flesh, when we begin to concentrate on a vertical relationship with God, not only are we ensuring that our eternal destiny and our eternal destination is secured, but we're also making sure that everything that we desired in the physical realm will eventually line up. It might not come when we want it, 
but God is always on time. And so let's get into the text and, and, and we are here with the prophet Ezekiel and we are in a valley of dried, very dried up and decayed bones. And, and, and the title of this particular lesson is that these bones tell a story, right? <laughs> uh, uh, sometimes bones tell a story better than the humans did when they were living because the bones tell it all. And, and, but before we get to that little piece, let's, let's just talk about the stages of decomposition. And so in our human existence, we have the living stage, which is the anti-mortem stage. It, it's before we get to death, right? It, it's the stage where you're living, you're, you're happy, you keep keying and everybody is celebrating and having a funky good time and, and, and we're walking and we're talking and we're breathing and we're moving. And this is the living stage. But after we die, we go into what's called fresh death stage. In the fresh death stage, we're dying at the cellular level, but externally, we still have the presence of, of our, our initial human existence, right? We still look like we're humans. We still look like we're just sleeping. You know, we, we look like we're sleeping. We don't look like we're dying. We look like, we, we look like we're sleeping, right? So this is the fresh death stage when there, there's a cellular death taking place, but on the outside, it just looks like you're sleeping. And then we go into the bloated stage where the presence, the, the body no longer just looks like it's sleeping, but it looks like it's, it's swelling, right? Because of the cellular decomposition that's taking place and the gases and all that. So, so now you look like you're starting to die, right? You look like you're, you're headed towards full decomposition. And then we go into active decay. And this is where the, the, the body actually starts to deteriorate. It, it, it's beyond what it used to be. You know, it's beyond the recognition at this point. You can kind of tell, but but the skin is starting to deteriorate. The, 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 the hair is starting to deteriorate. Everything is starting to break down. And, and it's clear that, that, that the dry, very dry stage is not too long. And then finally, we get to that dry decay stage where we reduce to hair and bone. And, and you might ask, well, preacher, why bring in the stages of decomposition into a sermon like this? Well, because I feel that if there are physical stages of decomposition, if God in his infinite wisdom, in his infinite creative power, decided to give us physical stages of decomposition, then by golly, there has to be some signs of spiritual decomposition. And, and so as we get into this valley of dry bones, I, and I think about the stages of physical decomposition going from living to the sleeping stage where there's cellular decomposition, but you just look like you're sleeping on the outside to the active decay stage into the, uh, uh, the, the dry, very dry decay stage. I, I feel like if those are the stages of decomposition for the physical body, then there must also be some kind of indication that we are dying spiritually. And 
if you prioritize the flesh, then you're probably more concerned with the physical decomposition. So as long as you're in the living stage, in the flesh decomposition, as long as we're in the living stage, everything is good. And by the time we get in the dead stage, we go into the other four stages of decomposition and we dead anyway. So the ashes to ashes and dust to dust, right? But, but if we begin to apply these same principles of decomposition to our spiritual stage, oh, how much more effective would we be in making sure that we go to a destination like heaven instead of going to a destination like hell? Because when you're spiritually living, it's not always pretty, right? Uh, we, we, we see apostles and we see martyrs, we see Christian martyrs throughout antiquity that have been tortured, that have been beaten and broken and bruised. We, we see the African-American slaves. We, we see the, the Hebrews in Holocaust. We, we see people who have been spiritually living and have been physically beaten and wounded and broken. And so it's not always pretty on the outside when you have spiritual life. But oh my God, how much more better is it to have spiritual life than it is to have physical life? And, and, and so, so the, the, the stages of spiritual decomposition are almost in counter contrast to the stages of physical decomposition. Because in the stages of physical decomposition, everything is good at the beginning until everything is bad at the end. You start off in the living stage and you end up in a stage of dried up, decayed and very dry bones. But when you look at the stages of spiritual decomposition, there are times when you are in a living, when, you're, when your spirit is living and thriving, when your flesh is dying, when your flesh is, is being starved. When, when God takes us through a season where we have to go through some fleshly storms, where we have to go through some physical pains, where we have to go through some physical and fleshly ailments, where we have to go through some, 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 some folk that we wanted to have a relationship with, but we can't have a relationship with, because if we have a relationship with them, then it'll die, it'll kill our spirit life. And so we have to die to those fleshly relationships. We have to die to those fleshly things that we desire, those fleshly things that we crave, those fleshly things that we really want. And we have to let those things die so that our spirit can live. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but God told me to tell somebody that you got to let your flesh die in the spiritual stages of decomposition. We go through a fleshly death that our spirit might live. And so we're more concerned with our vertical relationship with God than we are with our horizontal relationship with man and the things of this world. But every bone when it's in the grave, we'll tell a story. <laughs> Your bones will tell the story. Yeah, we, we look at stories about bones all through the biblical days. We, we look at how there was a, a, a grave of bones and, uh, and the individual fell on those bones after he had got shot with an arrow. And, and those were the anointed bones of a prophet. And when he fell on those bones, 
uh, life from the bones shot up through the man and, and he came back to life. You know a story about bones when Lazarus was in the tomb and, and, and he was dying and, and Mary and Martha <coughs> called on Jesus. And, and, and then when he got there, Lazarus was already dead and, 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 and Lazarus was beginning to go through the stages of physical decomposition when Jesus talked to Lazarus and said, get up. And Lazarus got up from the grave. You, you, you know a story about bones, right? Um, we, we look at just all through the newspapers and all through the internet and all over uh, uh, the world. There are stories about human anthropologists, forensic anthropologists who go and study the bones of, of, of dinosaurs. They go and study the bones of King Tut and they go and study the bones of um, ancient Egyptians and they go and study the bones of of ancient Mesopotamians and they go and study the bones of ancient Greeks and they go and study the bones of the Vikings and, 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 and all of these bones have a story to tell. And so when we get in the midst of, of, of this valley of dry bones here in our scripture, can you hear the bones coming to the witness stand to begin to talk to Ezekiel? Uh, certainly there were some bones of, of harlots in, in, in this grave and certainly there were some bones of corrupt preachers, and, and suddenly there were some bones of sinful uh, uh, um, church officials, and certainly there were some bones of, of, of corrupt Christians, and certainly there were some bones of, of, of babies, and certainly there were some bones of elderly, and certainly there were some bones of men, and certainly there were some bones of women, and all of these bones have a story to tell. How you got to the valley of dry bones is something that you know and it's something that God knows. But ultimately, how we got to the valley of dry bones is not the most important question in this text. In this text, it's not really about how we ended up in the valley of dry bones individually as much as it is about collectively that when we live in the flesh and we're concerned with the things of the flesh, we are not concerned with our vertical relationship with God. The individual things that these bones did in the flesh is not a biggest concern as the collective sin problem that was sweeping through the nation of Israel and the children of God that was sweeping, that still is sweeping. We all got issues. We all got problems with sin. We all live in this flesh and we wanna appease the flesh and we wanna satisfy the flesh. And so we, we wrestle against the spirit and we try to satisfy the flesh. And while we satisfy the flesh, what we don't understand is that we're dying spiritually. And so beyond what happened to these bones in the flesh, there is a spiritual condition of these bones that says that these bones had prioritized the desires and the needs and the wants of the flesh, and they were cut off spiritually by God. They were cut off from God's spiritual power. They were cut off from God's spiritual protection. They were cut off from God's spiritual provision. And that's how these bones ended up in this valley dried and decayed and very dry. So 
whoever I'm speaking to this morning, I, I just want you to understand that the more we appease our flesh, me included, the more that we appease our flesh and satisfy our flesh and focus on our flesh, we're getting closer and closer and closer to this valley of dried and decayed and very dried bones. Cut off from the spiritual power of God, cut off from the spiritual presence of God, cut off from the spiritual provision of God. But oh, thank God. Because the word of God has not stopped speaking to us yet. We know that these bones have had to have been in the decomposition stage for years and years and years and years and years. Maybe not the physical decomposition stage, but the spiritual decomposition stage for sure, right? Uh, God, time after time after time after time, we can go and look through the Old Testament and the New Testament, and there is a clear path of taking their eyes off of God and putting their eyes on the desires and the things of this world that has led to this valley of dry bones. But thanks be to God that there is new life in the word of God. There is new life in the word of God. There is created life. There is creative power in the word of God. There is power to orchestrate something into the existence of humanity that was not previously in the existence of humanity through the word of God. When we speak the word of God over our dead situations, we have power and authority in the word of God to speak forth a new life that does not exist, that previously was gone, right? The skin has deteriorated, the hair has deteriorated, the flesh is gone, the organs are gone, the insects have has decomposed, decomposed these bones, the, 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 the soil has collected the flesh and the tissues of these bones. These bones are dry and decayed, there's no life present. But thanks be to God that in his word there is new life, there's new hope, there's new joy, there is a new miracle, there is a new birth. In God's word, there is a new existence in God's word. And if we can allow our dried up and very dried and decayed situations to hear the word of God, to hear the new life from God's word, to listen and to respond to the new life being preached in the word of God, it doesn't matter how dried up and dead and decayed your situation may seem. If you can hear the new life and hear the new power that comes through the preached word of God and respond to that new life and that new power that lies in God's word, you can get up. Oh, yes, you can. Your situation can turn around and we can get up. I'm so tired of Christians thinking that because we've done something so bad and so horrible and so unworthy of deserving God's love and his grace that we can no longer get up from this valley of dried up and dead bones. The devil is alive. We have power in the word of God. When we listen to the word of God, when we respond to the word of God, there's power in the word of God and we can get up from this dead and dried up and decayed situation. 
Hear the word of the God. Hear the word of our Lord. Hear the word of God. Oh, dried up and decayed and dead bones. There is a word from the Lord. Oh, dried, dead up and decayed up bones. There is a word from the Lord. And if you respond, if you listen to the word of God, if you hear the word of God and listen to the word of God and respond to the word of God, God says that he will put flesh upon your body. He'll put flesh upon that dead situation and he'll bring life into you again. There's life in the word of God. There's life in the breath of God. There's life in the deutimus, in the, in the exousius of God. There's life in the power of God. There's new life created life. There's creative life in the power in the word of God. So it don't matter how dead and dried up. Is there any limit to what God can create? Because sometimes we get so caught up and stuck in what we've done and we, 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 we stuck in this valley, not because God wants us to stay stuck in this valley, but because we don't believe that God can get us out this valley. So stop with the stinking thinking and turn your eyes to God and hear the word of God. Hear the word of God, get up. Get up from this dry, decayed and dead state of living, get up. Get up and God will supply the flesh and God will supply the breath. But you gotta hear and respond to the word of God. Get up from your dead situation. Maybe you've died to drugs. Maybe you've died to sex. Maybe you've died to, to, to whatever sin you've, you've given your life to. It doesn't matter because we're all sinners. But the second that we open our ears and begin to listen to the word of God and respond to the word of God, there's new life beyond our dead situations. All we have to do is listen and respond. I know that our bones tell a story. Some bones tell a story of martyrdom. Some bones tell the story of, of murder. Some bones tell the story of sickness. Some bones tell the story of depression. I don't know what story your bones tell individually, but collectively, I know that if we are in a valley, if you feel yourself in the valley of dried up and decayed bones, then ultimately somehow in your walk, you got cut off from the power of God. You begin to focus on the flesh and you took your eyes off of God. But if you hear the word of God from my lips and you respond to the word of God and you give your life to Jesus, the Bible says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh. If you can listen to Jesus, if you give your life to Jesus, the same way that he was the word in the beginning, he is still the word right now. And he has the power to bring new life, new flesh, new breath 
new existence into your dead situation. But you've got to turn your heart and your mind over to Jesus. And you've got to allow the spirit to train your mind to focus on the things of God through the hardships and through the pains and through the, 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 the sorrow of this human fleshly existence, we have got to turn our eyes to God because our eternal existence is with God. Our eternal existence is in God. Our eternal power is in God. Our eternal life is in God. May God bless you and may he keep you is my prayer.